Thank you for calling Gay Wire. Your call is very important to us. Press 1 for fourth wave feminism. Press 2 for a strangely in-depth discussion about where the worms have gone. Press 3 for... You have chosen option 3. Please stay on the line. Hello, and thank you for choosing option three. Welcome to Gay Wire, where everything is at least a little bit clear. Coming to you from a gay asteroid, I'm your host, Genevieve Astlin, and I use any or all pronouns. And joining her, I'm Shanil Ranasinghe, and I use he, him pronouns. You are listening to CJSR 88.5 FM in so-called Edmonton, and this week we are talking about the traditional tattoo art of some wonderful two-spirit tattoo artists. Yes, we are doing this as both me and Genevieve are back to online learning in this very, very cold weather, so we're kind of appreciating it. Yes, we are. It's been so cold since, I think, December. Like, it's just, it hasn't been above minus 20 and I think this week it's supposed to be a lot warmer. So I'm very, very excited for that because I don't even have to show up on campus for it. Indeed. Not going to face either the cold or the slush in this coming week. Mm-mm, the wind can be so violent on your face. It's absurd. I love masks for keeping my face warm. But enough with the weather talk. Today, we're in for a good time. Absolutely, we're in for a good time. My name is Terence Adams, my pronouns are he, they, and I conducted this interview with Ashley Cardinal, a two-spirit Cree traditional tattoo practitioner, nail tech, and artist. In this interview, we talked about what traditional tattooing is, we talked about the practice, and we talked about what it means to Ashley to be two-spirit. I'm super excited for this episode because I love tattoos. How about you, jean I'm so excited. I'm really excited because, you know, I don't have any tattoos, but I really want a lot of them. But I don't know a lot about like traditional tattoos and what they can mean and how they're important all the time. So I'm really excited to just hear more about it and kind of learn from it. My name is Ashley Cardinal and I go by they, she pronouns. I do actually a multitude of things. I'm a lash and nail tech, I'm a mom, and I'm also a traditional tattoo practitioner. How did you get into tattooing? It's a very interesting story, actually. I have been tattooing traditionally for about six months since I did my first traditional tattoo, which was my own. And I had gotten started with it once I, well, I got the interest in it once I had started doing community activism last year. I had met a friend who I already had um, at an Idle No More protest, had a chin tattoo, and I asked them how they got it. And so they told me um, how they got theirs. And I, that's where I got my start. It kind of planted a seed inside of me. So um, I've been in recovery and I guess it just sort of happened and around June, I had gone to ceremony to um, basically earn my right to, you know, earn my right to uh, um, have a 
traditional marking. Sorry, my son is running around. <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit more about um, earning the, the the right to to do that? Well, traditionally, the um, prior to colonization, traditional tattooing was very. It was uh, being able to give the tattoos is um, kind of passed along sacredly through um, ceremony or through being gifted from spirits and I had gone to ceremony and basically was given directions and things I needed to do in my life before I could actually have a tattoo. There's a lot of unhealed wounds in my life that I needed to really face because it's a form of ceremony and in order to get to that level in one's journey you have to have a connection with the creator so how how did it feel to to give yourself that that tattoo honestly um it's probably gonna sound a little i wouldn't say odd but i had was sitting there i think this was in august when i did it and i was sitting there one day and basically the spirits told me it's time you're ready just do it and so i didn't think twice i got all of my tattoo kit i got my tattoo kit out and basically <laughs> had my smudge and all of my sacred medicines beside me and I was nervous a little bit but I just I did it and it's kind of it unraveled itself from there with traditional tattooing and I was asked in order to be able to give tattoos to other people I have to do it on myself first and so once that happened then then thus comes the knowledge behind what these tattoos mean to different people and it's kind of been an ongoing journey and I have um, a mentor out in Salish territory in supposed Vancouver area that I reached out to and asked if they could mentor me because I was kind of like drawn to their energy because they're all right they've been doing traditional tattoo work for a few years now and they're a land defender and I mustered up the courage to talk to them because they're one of those people that are like like super cool and like oh, I think they're really super cool and it was an honor that they accepted me as an apprentice and they we um are back and forth with how to go about it in the right in an, an indigenous way of knowing and what to do and what not to do and what kind of energies you need you know what kind of space you need to be in in order to to give and receive them that's where I'm at. Would you be able to elaborate on the, the ways that Indigenous ways of knowing sort of differ from uh, colonial or Western ways of knowing? When it comes to tattooing, traditional tattoo work is not done with a, a gun. It's done with a hand poke. And so in the Indigenous ways of knowing, that was a ceremony all on its own. And there was sort of, um, there's a, a sacred bundle that you have. And the bundle is what you carry with you. And it's like the medicines and the actual tool needed and um with the indigenous ways of knowing one of the first things to go with uh colonialism was the ability to tattoo because of the enactment of even the indian act it was illegal to practice anything cultural so now with the western western terms and the western ways i'm kind of a person that walks into both worlds and i am kind of aligning them and the indigenous way of knowing is what it, earning the rights to wear 
the tattoo is it's more than it's not a fashion statement there's a certain kind of unsaid responsibility that comes with wearing it you need to be somebody like um that is does either work in the community somehow somebody that is more so like gifted or when you're on a healing journey it's also <laughs> it's also important to be I guess you can say in recovery and abstaining from substance use. And so um, basically walking the red road is really important for being able, because uh, it sets the tone and from which the responsibilities that come with wearing um, a marking, especially on your face. Um, could you could you speak a little bit to how being a two-spirit person um, influences your tattoo practice? Absolutely. Um, because I am a two-spirit person, I basically walk and see it in two different lenses, my masculinity and my femininity, and carrying those, um, carrying different types of spirits. And when it comes to having the tattoo, I having a tattoo and giving the tattoos, being a two-spirit person, it's also kind of it's a liberation and of westernized beauty standards. Um, it's also a uh, let's see, as a two-spirit person, being able to give this, I can I am able to practice certain things that um, I wouldn't normally otherwise be able to, and I can't really like divulge too much about that part, but. Um, in a paraphrase, it's different type, different genders have um, the males, the male presentings have different markings than the female presentings. And that's just the two, two of many recognized genders in the Cree ways of knowing. And what I've learned being a two-spirit person is that there's actually eight recognized uh, genders within the Cree, Cree people. And being a two-spirit person, being able to share the medicine and the healing that comes with these tattoos and why people get what they do, that's part of my role as a two-spirit person is um, kind of being a healer and I'm more along the lines of being a wounded healer because of my own personal journey and how I got to coming into my identity as a two-spirit person. Because in our ways, we don't say coming out, we say coming in to who we really are as two-spirit people. Okay, hold on. Go over there. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and as a two-spirit person, I there's a certain, there's roles in which I, I fulfill. Um, from my understanding and my teachings as a two-spirit person, we were often, we had our own, we have our own ceremonies, we have our own songs, we have our own medicines, and um, pre-colonization before the arrival of the churches and residential schools, it was so common for a two-spirit person to just simply exist. And, and it was very like common for, you know, not all two-spirit people had like same, same sex partners. And I say that very loosely, you know, and it was very, it was so like normalized. And with the arrival of colonization, many two-spirit people and their teachings, we've had to go underground in order to protect us us because of the um, you know how it is with patriarchy and you know man and woman and so having to conform to societal norms in order to basically survive i've i've been asked to um liberate 
two-spirit people if, especially I, the majority of the people that do come to me are two-spirit people for tattoos like my very first tattoo that I gave was from my was to my friend Gabe and they are um, a knowledge keeper around the community they're very and they had approached me after I had done my own and they asked me to do their their face their chin markings for them and that was the ultimate high honor I high, highest honors to have a somebody with the status and knowledge that they do to do the tattoo and um I don't I the way it just the way that these are the energies and the teachings behind it it just sort of flows together and if um the two-spirit people, their roles also included being medicine people, lodge keepers. Um, they were the keepers of the orphans in the community. So as you know, I relate that to myself because I'm raising my nephew and um, I consider him my son and I've taken him in. And I've, so that's one of the many roles of which the two-spirit people had. And there's even like a Cree word for the in, uh, in between people and it's, and it's the Tastawewenak, which is uh, a basically a loose translation of the in-between people because two-spirit people often blur are in the in the lines between gender and sexual diversity. And so being able to give a two, another two-spirit person, and that, this is me relating it to the first face tattoo that I've done, that was very healing because they had said to me that they I helped them become more them and that was that made me feel so good inside to be able to gift somebody that to feel more like it's okay to be who they are and um you know these things are very I, I find such honor in giving tattoos I um I think that it, it also it helps heal me as a person so that because when you, there's reasons why, when people come to me, they have their reasons why they get them. And I ask them to tell me their story. And when I hear their story and they tell me who they are, I get that it's like a, basically a agreement or a connection between two individuals. And so we're basically sharing space with each other and that vulnerable, vulnerability um, is very, I guess you could say, it humanizes our stories. It humanizes our struggles as two-spirit people to be seen anywhere, you know, and also being able to see more, more and more people wearing these things that were taken from us as Indigenous people. And so that's one of the many reasons why I do it. I do, I do it because I love it and I it brings healing to people. And that's kind of one of my unsaid roles as a two-spirit person is to help that's so so beautiful. You you mentioned the process of of healing. Um, would you be able to speak to how tattooing sort of relates to the idea of of medicine? Well, um, there's a lot of um, historical knowledge when it comes to. I I can only speak on the Cree teachings when it comes to tattooing. I don't know too much about other other types of uh, teachings and these tattoos have um, sacred meanings towards them and it's not the same for one person as it is for the other and for when it myself um, I have given myself many um, 
tattoos and they were kind of around the same time where I was going through some sort of like trauma recovery. And when I get them, it feels like there it's a release of those hurts behind the trauma because it's when you look at it, you see your story. And I, this is this is, sorry, the designs that um, I work with, with the people that come to me, they have specific meanings. And um, I'm currently working on a commission with a friend of mine. And they told me their whole story and where, what they've been through. And we kind of collaborated with um, what certain lines mean to them. And what I see as a tattoo practitioner, what the type of healing that this will bring to them. Because there's reasons why people get these tattoos. And I can't really, I don't, it's not my, it's not my, I can't turn people away. I can't say no. I also can't ask for money and I never do it for money. I, it's all done basically for free, but not free, if that makes any sense. Yeah, you you spoke about uh, that, that you were involved in community work before um, and that that was something that got you into tattooing. Can you speak a little bit more about that? Well, actually, this is a really interesting story. I'm at, um, I am a the co-chair for the Edmonton Two-Spirit Society. So I work with a lot of collective minds and I sit on the board of directors. And that really helped working with the community, the community where I feel at home with. Um, going into the community, it made me feel more at home. Like I wasn't fight, trying to fit in spaces or boxes um, that I'm not meant to be in. And the community work that I do is serving the Two-Spirit and or Indigenous um, LGBTQAI plus community and the that brought healing to me because for a really long time i never realized that i had a two-spirit identity like i was struggling with that's what a lot of my addictions were rooted in was not having a specific identity and not and being have and myself having to conform into because i'm female uh, femme presenting having to conform to those expectations of me like being a wife, all this and that, being everything being so gendered and being in the two-spirit community feels very freeing where I could just I go where I'm needed in my roles, you know? So that really shaped um, the, the, the starting point for getting into tattooing is um, finding my own identity. And I feel like a lot, my, my entire life story led me to that point because there's a lot of things that have been through that like really cleared way for the I guess my purpose and getting sober and getting on the red road of recovery really helped that and that's how I ended up working I started volunteering with the Edmonton Two-Spirit Society and one of the pioneers or the forefront uh, people had I'd come out, reached out to me directly and had asked me to sit on the board of directors because they saw that the work that I was doing around the community and I don't have any kind of experience like that. And I'm like, you guys, you chose me? Like, well, me. <laughs> so I've been, it's been almost a year now in March. It'll be my first year on a board of directors and I get to participate in different types of training like we just finished suicide intervention training and we're going to be doing mental health first aid and one of our initiatives that we want to incorporate is to train um, other um, 
people in the community to do well variety workshops and uh, sorry well variety work uh, groups and they're kind of like an indigenous folk uh way of doing aa but not so like not so um not so much focused on the religion but more so like on the teachings uh the seven grandfather teachings and how to conduct yourself as an indigenous person walking the the red road and so because there's such a huge need in the community that's one of the biggest things that we're seeing right now is the the need for support and safe spaces for two-spirit people because we're often just we're often discluded from uh even uh like ceremonial spaces because there's certain things that are very gendered and we're wanting to develop spaces that it's not gendered but if you're there as you not you know what you identify as and and feeling inclusive of that especially like there's a lot of people in our community that that could use that support and nobody wants to go to a like a sweat lodge and go you know especially if they don't say if they don't that they are uh, femme female presenting or femme presenting sorry i apologize and they are expected to wear like a ribbon skirt because that's what the women do that's not a safe space for us to do our healing because that's already like um not it's, it's invalidating somebody's gender identity so what we want to do is we want to create healing lodges and environments so that the two-spirit community and our allies and our family members can come and heal with us be, uh there's this huge need there there's a lot of mental health struggles in the community especially now like i feel like because of since um the discovery of the first bodies in Kamloops that really like stirred up a lot of collective trauma for a lot of people and so like the the rates of suicide went up like immensely especially in a two-spirit community because not only like people that you know the two-spirit indigenous queer community faced a lot of um not only racism but like homophobia transphobia you know all of those types of um uh hate crimes or anything like that and that really on top of that, add residential schools, 60 scoops, day school, lack erasure of culture, um, you know, basically assimilating and also on top being a two spirit person trying to exist in a world where the people that look at us are so basically brainwashed by these patriarchy um, churches when they first, you know, how the residential schools came to be that kind of really is like our the in two-spirit indigenous indigenous queer people are among one of the highest demographics who are right alongside if not even higher than the women and the girls and that's why i've been work i know one of my mentors and one of my elders is sitting on a on a committee for the national inquiry for the missing and murdered indigenous women and girls to include two-spirit people in that and do the do the research and you know share the experiences of two-spirit people that have experienced um residential school and how it affected their life and you know the trickle down effect from a two-spirit perspective because when these inquiries first came out it was it totally erased the experiences of two-spirit indigenous uh, indigenous lgbtqi plus and so now that is basically changing and um 
the work that I've done with E2S really opened my eyes to the need there. And thus it just, it's hard to pinpoint exactly how the tattooing and the community work and the working with Edmonton Two-Spirit Society kind of meshed. It kind of just flow, it flows. Like it just like, yeah, basically flows. What are your, what are your hopes for the future for Two-Spirit people? Uh, just to freely exist as we are, you know, it was a struggle my my entire life from my experience and my own my own trauma having to hide who i am having to hide who i choose to love and how i identify and i mine is like i heard um one of my friends they had shared their experience with me as a trans person and hearing their pain in their eyes they're like i'm scared to just exist and that really broke my heart because like you know that if we don't stand up for everybody like what we're not really going anywhere we're not really growing and so that 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 the future it includes everybody who is basically outcasted for being who they are who who in your life has inspired or influenced your your art um i have a lot of inspiration from the arts it's um my mentor out in Vancouver, who their mentor is um, a, a very well-known land defender who works with the, who does work with the Tiny House Warriors. They're one of my biggest inspirations because automatically the connection there, you know, I felt like I know this knew this person my whole life and they were very, very um, so helpful in me wanting to pursue tattooing and they're definitely one of my biggest mentors. Um, one of my biggest um, inspirations also is a friend of mine, Coral Madge, and they are a two-spirit person who I'm currently doing tattoo work with, and they're an art historian, and they're the ones that are, they are also very knowledgeable when it comes to art and uh, art history, especially like Dene and Cree, because they work at an art museum, and they're basically, the one that does the preserving and taking care of historical pieces that I know that the Royal Alex Museum in Edmonton has a tattoo bundle and I'm, I'm hoping one day I get to look at it because that's one of my like one of my life goals is to see it because I've only read about it in books I've only you know that I have a book that does a little bit like gets into like a slight teaching of the Cree tattooing practices and so that's basically a small part of it. And then inside that book, it has a picture of a tattoo bundle uh, from like, well, I think nine, before 1950. And um, seeing that would be, would be one of my accomplishments in life because that means I feel that, that allows me to also feel super connected to my culture when I do these tattoos. And that's also one of the other reasons why I do it is because it's a connection to something that was, you know, an attempted genocide and assimilation of indigenous people and bringing that connection back. I feel like my ancestors are with me being able to give tattoos because that's something that was actually part of who we, who we are as Korean people and being, and that, makes me feel good about myself when I feel connected to my ancestors and I want other people to feel connected to their ancestors because it's calling back the things that were taking from us and you know basically taking it back from 
uh, the colonizers. <laughs> Would you say that the, the process of tattooing is also a process of decolonization? 100%, because I walked in the Western world solely for most of my life. And I did have those thoughts. It's like, okay, well, how, how am I going to find a job? Because I'm so used to, you know, capitalism and, uh, you know, decolonizing myself in that. I basically just said, um, heck with it. I don't care. This is what I'm meant to do. And being able to wear this in a West, in a modern society, in a contemporary, contemporary society, something that's traditional, just, it brings a sense of power. Much like when somebody wears a ribbon skirt or a ribbon vest or anything that was taken from us, that's a, a form of liberation. Is there, is there anything else that you would like to add? Cause we're um, coming to a close here on time. Um, so if there's anything else you would like to add. Hi mom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I honestly, I had a really good time being able to share this. I've never been asked these questions before. So when you had reached out to me and Kate gave me a few hours, I'm like, huh, I never really like divulged into my own myself when it, so I really appreciate that. Thank you for asking the questions. It really, it's, it's, it's wicked. <laughs> um, well, thank you. Thank you so much for, for answering and, uh, taking the time to to share this this emotional um share things about this this topic which is very emotional and very you just heard terence adams speaking with ashley cardinal a cree two-spirit traditional tattoo artist. And with that, we are out of time today. Thank you to our guests and be sure to stay tuned for the next program. Today's show was produced by Terrence Adams, Shane Giles, Joe Victor Krieger, Ash Helinda, Artemis Peasley, Shanil Renesinga, and myself, Geneviève Aslan. We acknowledge that Gaywire is production of CJSR 88.5 FM in so-called Edmonton on Treaty 6 territory and Region 4 of the Métis Nation of Alberta. We are grateful to be in the traditional territory of the diverse Indigenous peoples of this land, including, but not limited to, the Cree, Salto, Nakota Sioux, Blackfoot, and the Métis peoples. We recognize that colonialism is ongoing and violent. We encourage you to reflect on your own relationship further and ask what accountability would look like here in practice for yourself, the community you are part of, and the larger systems that shape our daily access and opportunities. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to download your podcasts. You can also find us online at gaywire.transistor.fm and on Facebook and Twitter at GayWire and at GayWireCJSR on Instagram. Let us know what you think of the show. Hit up the DM sometimes, you know, or if you want to be really fancy with it, you can also email us, GayWire at CJSR.com. And you never know, you might just get to be a part of the show. It's a lot of fun. Our artwork is by Travis Erickson, original music by Doug Hoyer and Catherine Hiltz. Until next week, keep it breezy and please stay on the line.